Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to you guys outside and to the few here inside it. Um, I want to share some announcements with you guys. Uh, many of you may have seen uh, on our Instagram and Facebook that uh, someone in our community was in contact with somebody who had COVID. Uh, the person who was in contact is fine. One of the people they were in contact with is actually in the hospital, but for safety reasons, uh, we wanted to start just being aware of a lot of people you might know who are contracting COVID uh, because of the spike in the Delta variant. And so again, we've moved outside and we have few seatings inside. We are trying to be distanced and safe. And part of this is on us personally Um, If you are in contact with somebody, then be responsible. Uh, Don't go around other people. Uh, If you think you're sick or not feeling well or might have COVID or do have COVID, um, then please let us know um, so that we can put a chip in you and track you. No, so that we can... So that we can be safe together. Um, You know, some people have hardly any effect from the virus. And then there are other people like uh, this other person who's in the hospital. One of my daughter's uh, friends, uh, who's I think was 27, uh, contracted COVID and actually passed away a couple of months ago. Um, so some people, for whatever reasons, uh, it hits heavy. And so we want to be sensitive to the people who are around us and be cautious. And that's why, again, we're outdoors because the virus does not have as much ability to spread outdoors than it does inside. And inside, we're being uh, socially distanced. Um, This is going to happen until things change, right? Hopefully, this will take the same trajectory as this uh, variant did in the UK, where the Delta variant, virus spiked and then it went away pretty quickly. And so we're hoping it'll do the same here. Uh, I won't get into all the reasons why that might happen, although I think it's fascinating. Um, But that to say, we are still meeting, but we are outdoors and distance. Same thing on Wednesdays. We are going to meet here. We don't have a lot of people coming anyway, so you can come here and be distanced on Wednesday. We'll have a table for you. We'll have some snacks for you and hopefully a time to discuss Uh, some things together before we actually go on live on take two. 
want to remind you also that Genesis is here. The cameras are rolling. All the bills are being paid because of your contribution. You can go to thegenesisstory.com and find the various ways to give that are posted up there. Again, appreciate uh, all of you who are contributing and have been faithful to contribute. We are here because of that. And we want to do more. Uh, We want to continue to do things that are beyond um, just supporting ourselves. Um, uh, Denise sent me a, a, I don't know what it was, a Instagram post or just one of those reminders how many years ago when we built the uh, food building in Haiti. And I just thought, we need to do something like that again. Uh, we, we need to step into a cause bigger than ourselves and trust God uh, as we lean into those things because I think he wants to do that in and through us still. And so we want to be praying about how we can step into that. Anyway, there's a lot going on this week, this month. We've got a lot of things. Tonight, there is an open mic at Lydia's house tonight at 6 o'clock. It's uh, open mic. It's family friendly. Uh, I know she has uh, the address and information on her Instagram page. Um, I think we can put it on ours as well. So if you'd like to go to that, we'll make that happen. Also, uh, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. If you are on Instagram, go to Common Grounds Family, and we have an Instagram page with a lot of things that are on there as well. Uh, This Tuesday, the 8th, we have the Art for Artists, the 10th, excuse me, it's August 10th. Today's the 8th, that would be today. It's August 10th, Tuesday the 10th. At 7 p.m. here at the Genesis Building, we have the Art for Artists. As we mentioned, if you are involved with art in any way, uh, come share, get information. Uh, But that's what you have to do. You have to come and participate. And so that's happening Tuesday at 7 p.m. here. Uh, Next Saturday, we are continuing our summer series again at Lydia's house, where we are having a potluck. We will have that information again on all our social media so that you can find the address and get there, and I'm not sure the time, if it's going to be six or what time, uh, Lydia will let us know what that time is, and we will let you know as we get that information. We also have Edmonds Easels. We have a paint class happening on the 20th from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock here at the Genesis Building, um, and so I think the cost is $20, if I'm correct, um, but we will have, again, information on that. And I want to share this with you. Um, The reasons we do art for artists, the painting, the philosophy, critical thinking, uh, we have a botanic garden trip in Claremont coming up, is so that we can connect, right? It's not just because we want to do things and be busy. It's because we want to have opportunity for connection with you and with people you don't know, right? Isn't that what we want to do is connect with others and not just the same people? I'm having trouble hearing you. Siri's having trouble hearing me. Um, <laughs> we want to connect with those that we don't know and expand our borders. And so if you come to an art class, you are going to interact with other people that might not be a part of your normal group. And so that is why we are doing these things. It's not just, well, I'm not really into painting. Are you into people? Because you should be. And if you are, then come to something. We've got a multiple multitude of things happening, something that you can connect with with somebody. So the Edmonds Easels, the paint class is on August 20th. 
the Botanic Garden trip is the 21st. That's at Claremont. The cost is $10 to get in there, and it's the whole day. So it's not like we're meeting at a certain time. Get somebody, go there, and have a good day. Take a lunch. I think you can take a lunch, take some coffee, and have a day at it. And meet with somebody there. Hey, I'll meet you at the Botanic Gardens there in Claremont. What time you want to do it? Well, I get up at, you know, 11. And so let's meet at 1, right? Whatever it is. You know, do what you do, but get together with somebody. Um, Also, we have on August 27th at the Works Building a night session for people who are artists or wanting to be creative and want a space where they can maybe bounce ideas off of other people. That's happening on August 27th. I'll get the time and all that information to you on social media. But hopefully you can write these things down in your calendar and you're thinking, well, you know, I've been wanting to you know, start something. I've been wanting to do something, you know, regarding painting or writing or music, but I really have to get some input. This is a great opportunity for you to do something like that. We also have a Bible journaling class happening on the 28th from 1 to 3.30 p.m. at the Works Building. It might actually be at this building because it's grown quite a bit. And we will have that information if you want to join. There is a cost for that as well with the materials. All these things are opportunities for you to connect with people. It is so hard. We're trying to connect here and we have to have people outside. And so we are asking that you do what you can to connect, to be safe, stay healthy, do what you can to maintain your health and the health of other people so that you can connect with people in a way that is gonna be helpful to you because we need connection. And so all these things happening, again, we will put them on all our social media. We're going to find ways to make it more and more available to you. Find a way to connect with others through some of these mediums. That's our desire and that's our hope to lean into those things. Now, we're going to continue this morning on the politics of of Jesus, part four. And we're going to have Jordan come up and do a reading from Matthew chapter five. Good morning, everybody. Uh, So I'm going to be reading Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Um, And in my Bible phone, it's titled, Christ Came to Fulfill the Law. Um, It goes, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, Whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. This is a pivotal passage in Jesus' sermon. And before we, we get into it, we have to get a clarity on some of the words. You know, the words that we use and the meaning of words can change as time goes on. Um, I know that Jordan had his uh, 
philosophy and critical thinking class last time and was talking about words. And one of the words they talked about was the word nice, how the word nice originally meant foolish or simple or silly, right? And and then it changed throughout the years and became a term that now is endearing. And, And the same thing is true with the word silly, by the way. Silly used to mean the opposite. Originally, it meant happy or blessed, and then later it became foolish, right? And so words change throughout time. Awful was not a word that was bad. I think Jordan talked about this again in his class. It was actually worthy or full of awe, and so then we needed another word that became awesome, right? And so awful was full of awe, but now it's become something else. And I think the same thing is true in, in these words. We have to look at the words law, kingdom of heaven, abolish, and fulfill, because if we don't see what the meaning was at the time they were written, we can misinterpret what Jesus is saying. And I think that's something that I know I've done, and maybe you've done it too throughout the years. When we think of the word law, I usually think of commandments, right? The law is the commands of God. But for The Israeli at that time, the Israelite at that time, the word law would mean the Torah, the first five books of their Hebrew scriptures. And the prophets would be the majority of the rest of the scriptures. And so when he talks about the law and the prophets, he's talking about the Torah and their Hebrew scriptures, not just the commandments of God. And the reason this is so important because this is no longer something that we can put in cement, right? It's something that is talked about. It's something that the rabbis would discuss and would reason together. It wasn't just this commandment that you shall not. It was a, a, a series of writings that we were supposed to engage in. And the kingdom of heaven, hopefully by now, we no longer think that this is the place you go to when you die. Hopefully, because I've been harping on this, gosh, for years and years, and I'm going to continue. The kingdom of God is something that is present when Jesus is here, and it is something that is to come and is showing up as we, the church, participate in the work of God. And so the kingdom of heaven is not something that will happen one day. It is something that is happening and is going to still continue to happen. And the idea of abolish and fulfill, these are rabbinic terms that were common in the day. And Jesus even tells us the meaning of this in verse 19. We get an understanding of what he meant when he says, therefore, whoever relaxes or or sets aside one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So to fulfill Torah and the prophets means to interpret properly what they say and then to put it into practice. That's what it means to fulfill them. And to abolish means to interpret it wrong and to not practice it correctly, right? And so the idea of relaxing and teaching, you can abolish Torah by misunderstanding it or by not not practicing it, and you fulfill Torah when you understand it and you practice it properly. 
Jesus, again, is challenging the system of power in his day and their practices of Torah. Abolish does not mean get rid of the way we may have thought it to be. It means not interpret it correctly, not put it into practice. And so when he says in verse 18, truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. He is saying that the intention of Torah and the prophets will be accomplished. Now the question is how? And the answer really is Jesus, but it's gonna be something I believe that he goes on to answer more clearly throughout this time and this understanding. But understand when Jesus is talking about the least of these commandments and putting them aside or relaxing them or practicing them and teaching them, he is again referring to something that was very common, and we know it's common because it's in the writings from that time. Uh, It refers to a rabbinic debate around two groups of commands regarding light and heavy commands. Not light like illumination, light like ways less, right? And, And so there are commands that they considered not as weighty as others, Light commands were some 613 commandments throughout the Torah that they considered not as important as some of the other commandments. And they would debate about which one was the most important, which are the heavy commandments, because sometimes you had to to make a choice between a light commandment and a heavy command. We have to keep the Sabbath, but my child is sick and I need to take him someplace that is to journey beyond what I'm allowed to on the Sabbath. Which commandment is heavier? Or like Jesus said one time, if your uh, animal falls into a ditch, won't you pull them out? Well, that's labor, that's working, that's breaking the Sabbath, but which commandment is heavier and which one is lighter? If you were to keep the Sabbath and have to violate it, is it because of a heavier commandment? And so there was this debate, and and I love that there was this kind of discussion, that there isn't this kind of, this is just how it is, right? And so when Rahab lied to spare the spies who came to her from Israel, it would be considered she was doing something that was obeying a heavier commandment, even though she was bearing false witness, in light of that, it would have been lighter compared to the one that she was doing, sparing the life of these people who were there doing the journeying for Israel. An example of a light commandment, I I wanna give you what they considered, again, in their writings, this is one of the lightest commandments that they considered out of those 613. And it's found in Deuteronomy 22. Deuteronomy 22, verses six through seven. If you come across a bird's nest in any tree or on the ground with young ones or eggs and the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall let the mother go, but the young you may take for yourself that it may go well with you and that you may live long. 
what the heck, right? I mean, what, what is this? And you see this command and you're thinking, this is a commandment? I have so many questions, right? It's like, of all the things, this you would put there. Now, we are so far removed, we don't, you know, this isn't a common thing for us, at least not common for me. I don't come across birds sitting on eggs and I don't plan on taking them, so it's not relevant to me, but maybe it was at that time. I don't know, but here is a commandment and this is one that they consider to be pretty light. Now, comparatively to a heavier commandment and one of the heaviest is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 where it says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. It's interesting that the light and the heavy commandment have the same promise. And there's something there that I think Jesus is touching into. Because there's some wordplay that we miss because of translation and Jesus's words. Because what he's saying is anyone who sets aside a light command will be called light in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who practices and teaches the heavy commands will be called heavy in the kingdom of heaven. Right? So he, he's taking these words and saying, if you're going to put aside these little things, then you too are going to be considered light and little. But if you are going to teach and keep these difficult things, then you too are going to be considered heavy. You're going to be a heavyweight in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is referring to something else. He's referring to how we interpret what is being said, or or maybe it would be better to say the spirit that we use to interpret what is being said. The way that we do it is very important. And that's why he says in verse 20, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember, this doesn't mean when you die, you won't go to heaven. This is talking about you will not be a part of what God is doing. You will not enter into his kingdom, the work of his kingdom, because there is something in opposition to that. This is pretty heavy. Again, we stand here and we read this and and we're so far removed from this, but this is Jesus drawing a line in the sand and, and he's putting the Pharisees on that side and he's standing on this side and he's really telling them, you need to make a choice of which side you're gonna be on, which is a slap in the face to the Pharisees and to the whole religious system at that time. All the leaders who held this way of understanding and and this idea of righteousness, right? Because righteousness for many of the Pharisees was reduced to a word of prayer, of fasting, and of giving of alms. That's what they considered to be righteous. And what Jesus is doing is setting himself up as the example of what righteousness means. You have what they think righteousness is, and here is what I think it is. And that's why later on he would go on and say, you've heard it say, but I tell you, he is standing up, and this is why we're calling this the politics of Jesus. He is standing up to what they said, and the system was running 
at that time and saying, I am going to stand in opposition to it and I am going to tell you how you are to see these things because they are seeing them wrong. Again, this is why Jesus was crucified. He was confronting them in front of others blatantly. And what Jesus is going to do is give us six examples of heavy commands that he is going to equate with light commandments, right? So he's gonna say, you've heard it said, do not murder. That's a heavyweight. But I tell you, if you hate your brother, if you're angry at him within your heart, that would be considered a lighter one. He says, you committed murder in your heart. These words are an indictment of the self-righteous piety of those who were in power of the day, those who made the decision, this is heavy, this is light. We keep these, but we get away with these. This isn't just random thoughts, right? Jesus isn't just giving, I think I'll talk about this. This is a systematic assault on the most pious, righteous people of his day. And he's saying, just because you don't murder doesn't mean you're righteous, right? And and I don't know about you, but sometimes I go to that place. Well, at least I'm not as bad as that, right? At least I'm not a murderer. At least I'm not a thief. At least I haven't done that. And we have this comparison level and it makes us, our our righteousness now is based on a comparison of what we would consider light and what we'd consider heavy. Well, at least I'm not doing breaking the heavy things. I'm just breaking some of the light things. And so it's not as bad. And we have this idea of comparison, right? Just because you don't commit adultery doesn't mean you're righteous. Just because you vote Republican or Democrat doesn't make you righteous. Just because you're pro or anti-vaccination doesn't mean you're righteous. Just because you don't physically harm your enemy doesn't mean you can hate them in your heart. I I think these words are so timely for our, our day and the things that we are going through, right? The light command and the heavy command are connected to the heart. And so Jeremiah, the prophet, would say, I'm writing a new commandment on the tablet of your heart. Not on the stone, but on you. And this is what's meant by fulfilling. It's by practicing it. It's by allowing it to be a part of your life. That's how the commandments are fulfilled. Jesus is gonna go on later in chapter six and he says, beware the practicing your righteousness before the people in order to be seen by them for then you will have your reward from your father who is in heaven. And he goes on to give three examples about prayer, about fasting and about giving alms, the three things that the Pharisees considered themselves to be righteous because of. And he challenges their three main things. 
and says, you do these things, but you're doing them all wrong. And you think you're righteous. And the idea of righteousness is really that of salvation, is being healthy, is being delivered. You think that you're good because of these things, but you're, you're missing the point. You're, you're missing the heart. And it's not a coincidence that Jesus touches on the three things that they prided themselves on. He then condemns hypocrisy, the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, acting. Remember, hypocrisy means acting. You, you would put on a mask that was happy because that was your character, but there's a different face underneath the mask. You, you'd put on a face that was sad because that was the character, but underneath there's a different face. And God is wanting to, to strip the face or the mask off to see you face to face. God is wanting, again, the genuine. God is wanting to have the, the truth take place in the inward parts. And that's what it means to fulfill the law and the prophets. It means to live out in the character of God that is seen and displayed in Christ. That's why he's putting himself into this situation. To be a lightweight in this kingdom is to take lightly these commands and their intentions. To be a heavyweight is to teach and to put to practice these things and to take off the mask. And so later in Matthew's gospel, Jesus in Matthew chapter 23 verses 23 and 24 says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected what the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others, you blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. The weightier matters, justice, mercy, faithfulness. What are the weightier matters today that we are having to face? In the, the time that we live in, you know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago on take two that Brian asked me, why did you decide to do a series on the politics of Jesus? And it's just because I love misery. What can I say? You know, thinking about it, after he said that, I was like, why did I choose this? You know, this is like such a tense time that we're living in. Politics is so just diverse right now and so divided. And why would I step into that? And, and there was, I didn't do it just by accident. Just <laughs> what a mistake that was. I did it intentionally because I, I think that's what Jesus is doing. I think Jesus is stepping into the politics and the, the problems of his time. And I think he's trying to help us to see the answer to dealing with the politics of this world is to deal with it with the politics that he's bringing into it. And it is difficult and it requires understanding and patience, and, and it requires us being able to listen to, to views and opinions that are contrary to our own and to engage in discussion. 
You see, that's what the the rabbis would do. They would talk about the weightier and the lighter matters, and they would try and decide which one is heavy, which one is light. And it wasn't an easy decision. You know, you think about our own Supreme Court, those who are put in charge to interpret the Constitution. They don't just go and pick anybody Hey, Joe, you want to come interpret the Constitution for the country? They get people who have studied it. They have judges who have been judges. And of course, they have their background and their leanings and all those things. But they have people who are learned that they bring into this. And this is only for a document that's a few hundred years old. They're talking about documents that are thousands of years old. And they're bringing rabbis here to discuss and to to challenge each other on what they believe and understand. And I think what a a great thing that is to have people on different places of of the, the different sides of the fence come together and be able to talk about these things and understand that we can. You're not my enemy just because you feel different than me. I still have an obligation to even that lighter matter of not being angry at you because that is where the heart of the problem is. I'm just not gonna be satisfied that I don't kill you. I'm not gonna kill you, you're lucky because I'm so righteous. No, I'm not going to hate you because you disagree with me on these matters because this is the politics of Jesus. What implications does this have for the political entity of the kingdom of God? How does this look in our lives? Right? You, you can't divorce the act and the attitude. You can't divorce the means and the end. You don't just get to the ends. The means are part of it. They are congruent to these things. You shouldn't have neglected these things or the other. You're you're to hold these together and you're still going to have to make decisions. You're still gonna have to balance. There's still gonna be times where you decide which things are more important and, and that's where the discussion is. That's why we are supposed to read scripture and do these things together instead of just having one person tell you what it means and then, okay, I got my guy, you got your guy and we all have our own guys who tell us what we're supposed to think. We're supposed to work this through together. And so if you see a hot topic, it doesn't mean you can't have an opinion about it. But how you interact with people is what's important. And so if we have a hot topic like abortion, if I see abortion as murder and hate has filled my heart to react in the way that is filled with anger, if it was an extreme, it'd be bomb a clinic. Maybe less extreme, it would be harass or shame people. You can't just focus on the one thing, the heavy, without taking into account the other thing, the people who God loves. 
Now, there are people out there doing this. There are people, because you can have a stand on this and say, I, I believe that abortion is wrong, but how we do that and how we present it is so important. What would happen if the church was known for being compassionate and being caring and being ones who were there to help people through the difficulties? What if we were there to help in the early stages of even birth control or helping people in their finances so that they could actually support and have children? There's so many things that are part of this, but why is it that we are not known for those things largely? Again, I know there's organizations that don't do this in a bad way, but what are we known for? And pick any topic, right? Any hot topic, let's take, you know, vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, okay? You got people just clashing here because they have their strong opinions about these things. I have a strong opinion about that, but I can't undermine what is important to God in this discussion, which is the people. I can't just focus on what I consider heavy without taking into account the light. And we all do this in our political arena in our lives. We live these divided lives. If it's on a conservative side, traditionally we focused on sexual sin and abortion. And then there can be an ignoring of you know, the scriptures that talk about wealth or peacemaking or loving the stranger. On the liberal side, it can be a focus on equality, but ignoring the scriptures that talk about sexual ethics and personal responsibility of how your freedoms are to be in submission to the good of others. The politics of Jesus is to be the one place where all of it is held together. The heavy topics are joined with the light because the spirit of God permeates through them all. And these words of Jesus, I think, are just powerful when we understand he hasn't come to abolish the law. In other words, he hasn't come to relax it or put it aside or to not allow it to have weight in our lives, but he's come so that it can be practiced. The light things, the heavy things, the, the character and heart of God is supposed to take place. And so Jesus would say things like, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Because what God really cares about is people. And what we really need to care about is people. And caring about people looks different depending on the people you're caring for, depending on their personality. And I gotta tell you people, this is messy this isn't, it'd be so much easier if I could just give you a law, give you a command, say, this is how it is, follow this, boom, we're done. But it's not like that. This, this is, I'm weighing these and I'm taking the, the heart of both of them and I'm trying to work them out in my life with the people I am around and, and it requires my engagement and it requires my patience and it requires my 
willingness to listen and to find a way to allow the heart of God and the person of Christ to show up in my response to whatever it is instead of find a scripture that supports what I want to give you. Now, years ago, there was actually a Bible that was given to slaves where they would take all the passages that dealt with submission to masters and they would get rid of all the passages that talked about freedom, right? They would take the passage of Joseph being sold into slavery, but they would get rid of the passages where Joseph was elevated under Pharaoh. And it was something that they used to try and keep subdued the people who were under them. And I feel like we do the same thing today, not so dramatically or in your face, but what we do is we find passages that support our belief and we put them together. And, and you've probably been there where you're talking to someone, they say, well, the Bible says this. And then you pull out your verse. Well, I say it, the Bible says this. And you get, who's got the most verses, right? Well, let's stack up the verses. Okay, I got five verses, I got four. Okay, you win. You got more verses than me. Instead of trying to wade through these waters, and see what's really needing to come out. Instead of going through this with the person of Christ, you've heard it said, but I say, how does Jesus deal with these things, with these people, with these kind of issues? What does he do to fulfill the law and the prophets? And how can we follow in his suit? If there's ever a time that this is necessary, I, I think it's now. I, I think we are gonna find ourselves in more and more conflict here in our country because of the virus and because of politics. I think we are going to see things escalate more and more. And that is why we need to step in with a different politic. We have to step in with the politic of Christ that says, I have my opinion, you have your opinion, but let's talk about these things in a way that honors you and honors what God wants us to be together. Let's be able to disagree and be family and eat at the same table. Remember, this is the politics of Jesus. It, it, it's the, the wash basin and the towel. It, it is the broken bread and the cup. It is the baptism. These are, these are the covenants that we are living into because it is the politics of Jesus that we want to proclaim to this world who is trying to feed us their righteousness. And we see things different. May we see things different. Let's pray. Father, I, I feel that the more I go through your teachings, the more I have to pause and let the weight of them have an effect on my life. 
And part of me wants to just give answers, tell people what they need to think and what they need to do and support it with a verse here and a verse there. But then I see how you interact with us and how your scripture interacts with us. And at one place we are honoring father and mother and the other place we are worrying about a bird and their eggs and everything in between. And life is like that. Life is complex. May we not seek easy answers to satisfy us and make us feel more comfortable. May we take hold of the weightier matters and the lighter matters and integrate them into our lives in a way that looks like your kingdom. Give us wisdom. Give us your heart. Give us empathy for those who are not like us, who don't see things as we do. Help us know how we step into these waters to deal with the difficult matters, to bring about less abortions, to to bring about more equality, to, to bring about a healthier conversation Give us courage to act like you and bring a different politics into play. I ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. May the politics of Jesus lead us to a place where our righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. May we learn to take the truths and the spirit of God into our lives and into our conversations with others that the kingdom of God may be seen. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of the day and week. Remember, got a lot happening Tuesday, Art for Artists. A lot more tonight. Open mic. Hope to see you guys at one of these things. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.